When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is the Greg Bedard Patriots Podcast with Nick Cavins. Hey everybody, welcome to the Greg Bedard Patriots podcast brought to you by betonline.ag, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Uh, we have another draft podcast installment uh, with Kevin Fields, the uh, Kevin Field, sorry, I always want to add the S, Kevin, I'm sorry about that. Um, the uh, NFL draft analyst for uh, BSJ, uh, Kevin's been doing a great job all year. He had a very strong podcast debut, so we had to quickly bring him back uh, before he starts traveling the globe and closing all sorts of big business deals um, for his business. Uh, but uh, Kevin, how we doing? Did you did you, uh, you survive the initial foray into the podcast? Yeah, thanks, Greg. I'm I'm, I'm happy to be back. Happy to be talking to uh, the listeners today. Enjoyed the first chat. And, uh, and I'm glad it had a strong reaction. It's great. Yeah. I think, you know, we're talking about, you know, we sort of founded BSJ on the principles of, uh, you know, New England people, uh, doing work for New England people. And I think, uh, you know, you and I, uh, people saw pretty quickly that we have a pretty good rapport. We're just, you know, a couple of New England guys who like football and we like talking football. And, you know, Kevin's a master of an area where I'm weak. I've never been strong in the draft. I readily admit this. I'm too busy during a football season with the team I'm covering to really worry about the draft. I like the draft, and I'm certainly catching up, uh, thanks in part to Kevin's work. But, uh, you know, Kevin is the expert around here. I think he's doing a really good job, and he knows what he's he he's looking for. Kevin, let's we sort of did an overview on the last podcast. Let's sort of look at the offensive side of the ball. I know you haven't gotten to all your draft capsules in terms of, I think you still have running backs and maybe quarterbacks, which, you know, I think you're sort of leaving some of these till the end because not the biggest needs, even though I do, you know, I do think running back is, I wouldn't be surprised if they came out with a running back or at least a undrafted free agent running back considering Damian Harris is going into the final year of his deal. I think uh, they have Ramondre Stevenson. So no reason to overextend. Uh, they flirted maybe kind of with Leonard Fournette in the off season, which I think sort of speaks to Damian Harris's um, contract status. They have, uh, you know, James White's coming back from the hip. No one knows what they're going to get out of them. They have JJ Taylor sort of an enigma that we're waiting to bust out. So we will touch on, uh, the running backs and a little bit on the quarterbacks. I will be interested to hear if Kevin's got a uh, a prospect, sort of like uh, you know the next Garoppolo or next Jared Stidham, like the next guy. If they're not 
enamored with Jared Stidham in this training camp. Um, you know, maybe they bring in another guy to sort of could be the eventual backup to Mac Jones, uh, that sort of thing. But Kevin, let's start with offense in general. Give us a big picture sort of overview of of this offensive talent class. You know, what do you think of it overall? Where is it deep? Where is it a little skinny on, you know, top tier talent? What are your, sort of your thoughts on that? Yeah, totally. So uh, it's a deep draft overall, but of course there's pockets that are deeper than others. Uh, so, so let's cover the positions quickly and then we can dive deeper uh, throughout the, the rest of the podcast. Quarterback, not deep. Uh, there's maybe three QBs that go round one and, and candidly, they're going to get overdrafted uh, mm-hmm. because of the position. Then there's another three guys uh, there that uh, that will get drafted probably in the you know second, third round. Uh, and then there's a cliff. Right. And so it's not even a great draft uh, if you're looking for, you know, late late round depth pick, uh, which the Pats could potentially be looking to bring somebody in like that. Uh, running back has good depth. I, I would say that there's there's not one first rounder. It's uh, it's really an eye of the beholder uh, type draft. But like I, I would say, I have different rankings of the top five running backs than maybe somebody that you might read like a Kuiper or Mache. Um, but there's plenty of kids out there that uh, that day two, day three that can contribute at the next level. Uh, not necessarily all pros, but uh, but but certainly players that can contribute. I think we sh- when we talk about the running backs, we should probably actually dive a little deeper on the pass catching running backs. Yep. There's four or five kids there that I think uh, will be available in the middle rounds and could, could contribute to the Pats. Wide receiver depth, right? Just, just, just how the college game and the pro games have evolved. Uh, there's value on, on both outside and inside receivers. I think we all agree that that's probably an area the Patriots try to target at some point. If, if the board breaks right for them, um, tight end is not a good top end class. Like we saw Kyle Pitts last year, you know, all pro type, uh, potential talent. You're not going to see that in this class, but you will see, that middle tier. Uh, there's a lot of guys, there's probably more tight ends that will get drafted this year than in most years, but there's just not someone that's going to go in probably the first 45 picks. Um, and, and I think that's a place uh, unlikely the Patriots focus there, but could happen given the positions not settled and then tackle couple cliffs. Uh, but it's probably six guys that we'll see in the top 45. And then there's a couple guys that I like on that next to later. Uh, but if they're going to go get tackle, you ideally want to get a tackle early, uh, I would say, in this draft. Guard, there's two guys that can land in the first. Some depth there. They could go earlier, but the guard is a position that you can land a contributor in day three uh, if they mm-hmm. like player a lot. And then center class is weak. There's a potential first rounder, and then there's a drop-off in talent. So if somebody really needs a center, they're probably uh, going around higher than they normally would based off of talent. Uh, Patriots don't really necessarily have that need with uh, with Bear Andrews in the middle. That's weird. It's, it seems like, you know, and, I, and I'm, I'm sort of losing my place as far as – I remember I remember the year that um, – is it Cesar Ruiz, who the Saints drafted, who I think plays now guard? I remember that year because I think Andrews was going into – a contract year and maybe, Oh, and he was also coming off the illness. And I remember writing like, you know, they might need to address center. And it was like, all right, there's like, I saw like two real centers in the draft and I don't know how last year was. I don't recall now this year, like, man, it's weird. They don't, they, 
sort of a uh, a desert as far as centers go um, in college football, which is weird. Uh, let's let's start off with the tackles because I think we've we've all sort of settled on the Patriots need to draft a tackle in this draft. Um, that would be nice. We'll skip over Neil and Ekawanu from NC State. Those guys are going top top ten, if not top five, um, for sure. And then, you know, we touched on these guys, uh, but the potential first-rounders that the Patriots were to, to, to get one at 21 or possibly trade up a little bit. You know, you're talking Charles Cross from Mississippi State, Trevor Penning from Northern Iowa, who they had in for a top 30 visit, um, and Bernard Raymond from Central Michigan. You're talking about, you know, Cross is 6'5", Penning 6'6", Raymond 6'6". Uh, we're talking about some big dudes here, huh, Kev? Yeah, really, really big kids. I, Charles Cross, last year he was uh, showed flashes of brilliance baked with inconsistency. That's how I would describe him last year. This year he really cleaned up. He was a lot more uh, consistent. He's great at pass blocking. I referenced that in the pod uh, uh, that we did last time. He had 16 pressures on 719 snaps right? Only one sack. So the kid's a really good pass protector that you could put on the left side. He's nimble out there. He's a good, uh, good athlete Um, from, uh, you know, he needs to, he's really good at mirror, really good at anchor. Uh, It's got the strength to stunt defenders. Uh, I think that he'll need some work in the run game, but you're drafting a left tackle out that high to protect Mac, right? If you're, if you feel that he's, he's the guy, Mm -hmm. the best uh, comparison I think have, I have for him is probably uh, Laramie Tunsil the kid that uh, plays for the Texans and, and, and Tunsil was picked, I think around 12, I think he actually dropped. Um, but he, he's a, he's a same type of a player that could fit in into that mold. And so you'd feel good if you got cross uh, and, and, and some people think cross could, could end up dropping uh, to within the range. The Pats might have to move up to get him, but within would be within range. Um, you know, I think, you know, Penning, uh, both Penning and Raymond, but they both fit sort of what the Patriots, yeah. you know, look for in terms of athletic ability, you know, some versatility. Raymond was a, you know, tight end when he came into college. He's from Austria, you know, giving off strong Sebastian Vollmer vibes, uh, Nate Solder type vibes. Uh, you know, what do you think about those two guys? And what do you think? Do you think Raymond goes in the first round or, you know, could he possibly be available in the second? He could, I mean, but I think some people are expecting a run on tackles at some point in the first round. I, I agree. There's probably a run on tackles. If there's one that slips, it's probably going to be Raymond. Um, but, he, you know, he needs some work on, you know, he's a good athlete. As you referenced, he was a tight end. You know, he was he's from Australia, uh, Austria, excuse me. Uh, and he's a tight end. He came in. He's put on some strength. He's good in the run game. He needs to improve his technique, but he's got good feet and and he'll get some bulk in the NFL program. Um, so I think he's a top 50 guy. Then, then you factor in that everybody needs tackles, right? Yep. You, half the NFL needs a tackle. And so I think that he's, he's likely to go uh, towards the end of the first, top of the second. But he's another guy that, that only allowed 10 pressures. I think he was a conference offensive player of the year, which is rare at, for a tackle. Uh, the one thing I would call out on Raymond, he's only got 18 starts at left tackle and he's going to be 25 by the time the season starts. So he's a little bit of an older guy. 
Um, that's something to be aware of as you're drafting for, you know, future franchise left tackle. Um, you know, Penning's the guy that's going to put his hands on you and he's going to move you. Uh, he is a better athlete than I think people are giving him uh, credit for just because he comes from a, uh, you know, Northern Iowa, uh, lower division. Um, one thing I would call out with Penning, uh, as you think about making the jump, the he's played left tackle. He's got like over 30 career starts over there for, for Northern Iowa. The kid that was the right tackle for Northern Iowa last year was Spencer Brown, who was drafted by the bills and, and was able to contribute as a rookie. Right. So if you yep. think of a, of a barometer of making the jump, uh, you know, Brown was able to make the jump. And I do think Penning will be able to, uh, to make the jump. Uh, one guy, you know, you also over at PSJ for your draft capsules, which I think is the best part of, uh, of what you do is you give potential Patriots fits by each round. Um, you know, you have a round to uh, the Ohio State kid, summer size, 6'6". Um, you know, sort of talk to me about him and, and um, you know, what kind of potential he has. Yeah, there's, there's two kids that uh, round two will be – could be available for them if they they stay at 54 and, and Nicholas Petit Ferrer is one of them he's the left tackle for for Ohio State um, he's got the prototypical prototypical left tackle uh, frame he's got the the athleticism that you can feel comfortable putting out on the island there um, you know teams will have to get comfortable his last tape that he had out there he got beat yeah. badly by, by the Michigan ends, by Ajabo mm-hmm. and by Hutchinson. Um, and he, he had a poor game against Penn State, which has another kid that's going to get drafted. And so there's, you know, some concerns that how he did against top competition. If you watch the rest of his tape, though, it, he, he was very, very, very effective. He started there for a long time. They actually had the left tackle that was a three-year starter previously uh, moved over to guard to move uh, Petit Frere over to left tackle this year. So that tells you what type of what they Ryan Day and his staff thought about him. Um, I think he's a he's a potential uh, he's going to need some work, but he's a potential kid that could be a first round talent. You just got to get comfortable with what happened with him in those those two games. And that's something that I'm sure the Patriots are digging into. The other guy I would focus on, Greg, or, or, or you know, want everyone to be aware of is uh, Tyler Smith from Tulsa. He's their left tackles. He's one of the better run blocking um, uh, tackles in the draft. I would say he's almost like Iki Ekawanu, uh, like a mini version of Iki Ekawanu in the sense that Iki's going to go in the top five. Uh, Tyler Smith's, uh, you know, a really, really strong uh, run blocker. You could play him at guard next year and then get comfortable with him and move him out to left. And that might be how the Patriots are thinking about his evaluation. Right. Um, I have, you know, if you played him at left tackle, I have some Greg Robinson vibes, uh, which I don't love, right? Yep. But he he's a power run blocker. The one thing where I think he falls to the second round, he's got too many penalties. He had 16 last year. Uh, and that's something that the, uh, the, of course, the Patriots don't love. So, um, but he's a guy to also keep an eye on. And then there starts to be that cliff. Yeah. What's interesting that you brought up about Petit Ferrer in, you know, in terms of his matchup against draftable guys, um, you know, one tidbit for people, um, Bill Belichick and his people absolutely put a premium on watching film with guys against, you know, guys, how they played against guys who are currently in the league or will be in the league. They put a humongous emphasis on that. So maybe that's not the greatest news for Petit Ferrer. If there's a guy sort of later on, uh, Kevin, <clears throat> at tackle that, you know, has 
a lot of upside that the Patriots might look at and say, all right, well, this guy's, he needs a lot of work, but the potential's there, or he needs a lot of work, or maybe he's injured. Like we saw like Yadni Kajust when they drafted him in, didn't they draft him in the third round? Holy cow. In the third round, he was injured coming out of West Virginia, but the t- the film was really good. I see why they drafted him there. Hasn't worked out yet, even though I still think he has potential. The kid has, when he played last year, he showed really good feet. And I know he opened eyes on the co- Patriots coaching staff. He's still a, very raw and needs a lot of work. But I think they're, I think they were impressed by what he did last year, even though I'm sure a lot of fans watched him play and, you know, he gave up like a sack and a couple other things and people are like, oh, this guy sucks. But the the bones were there. Is there a guy later on that you say, all right, if they were making a future bet upside, who would the guy be? Yeah. Uh, one guy I love is Dare Rosenthal from Kentucky. Uh, he's, you know, six, seven, he, he was a lot lighter than he should have been. I think at the combine showed tons of athleticism, but he was 290. So he's got to play it closer to 320, 325, which he has, he has been in the past, but he's the type of guy that I want a left tackle that you can put out there on the Island, big guy, long arms. That's the ideal frame. If you're, if you're, uh, drafting a development prospect. And I always thought watching him, you know, Kennard is another kid from uh, another tackle from Kentucky that gets a lot of press. And I always thought he was better than Kennard. He's got good agility. He's good on the move. One thing for the Patriots that they will know, they will dig into it, may take him off their board, is he had rule violations at LSU um, that that forced them to suspend him at one point, uh, and then he left LSU. So, so he might actually be off their board, but the tape and what I see, I like him. Three of the guys, I won't go into the same same depth, but uh, Luke Tenuta from uh, Virginia Tech, 6'8", 320. Um, you know, uh, father was a coach for 40, 40 years. There's got, he's got the length, the smarts, the awareness, Obina easy from TCU six, six, three twenty one. Um, and then there's a couple other guys, Vidarian Lowe and Zach, uh, from Illinois and Zach Tom from wake, wake forest. Those are guys that could be late depth pieces that you could move around the line of scrimmage guard center, even if you needed to At guard, I don't see the Patriots. I would have a hard time seeing them taking one at 21. Now, could I see them if they trade out of 21 and sort of to the bottom of the first, top of the second sort of thing? Could I see them, um, you know, going with a guard then? Yeah, I could. Um, You know, when you're talking about that sort of lower end of the first round, I assume you're talking, you know, Kenyon Green from Texas A&M and the local kid, Boston College, Zion Johnson. Uh, I think you – you prefer green a little bit more. Can you sort of discuss those two guys? And, you know, do you think both will be on the radar for the Patriots? I think both will be on the radar. I agree with your assessment of how they would evaluate a guard. You know, you can, you can go back from 21 if you want to get one of those guys. They're close. A little bit of the eye of the beholder. I, I like green a little bit more because he's bigger. Um, you know, he's got 35 career starts in the sec. Uh, um, he might even actually have over 40, 40 career starts. He's really good again on the run. He's a power blocker. He's athletic guy. He's played all over the line of scrimmage. And so I, that's something the, the sec coaches, uh, you know, voted them all conference a number of times. I compare him to Elijah Vera Tucker, um, from the jets. I think that that's probably good, good comp, uh, for him. Zion, Zion is a great kid. Uh, Zion's a kid that's going to fit in the, the the locker room really well. He's well built. He's he's shorter. He's only six two, 
um, 312, uh, but he's thick and, and that base is strong. Um, mm-hmm. he's got a lot in the trunk there. Uh, BC played him at, at, at guard, then moved him out to tackle, then back to guard. Uh, the best comp for, uh, for Zion, I think is Shaq Mason and, you know, good, good athlete. He's a learner. He's a leader. He took snaps at center, uh, at the senior bowl, just so, uh, teams could see him do that. Teams loved him at the senior bowl. He's going to win an interview. Um, he's got almost 3000 career snaps. Like he, he's a, he's, he's a, he's a kid that the teams love, uh, partly because of his personality. Uh, so when we get into, um, you know, sort of later rounds, probably, you know, prime time, uh, you know, area for the Patriots if they say, you know what, well, we need a better guard option. I mean, they have, you know, they have Yasir Durant, who they traded for last year. Um, I don't really see Justin Huron as a guard. I think he's mostly a tackle. Um, I thought they could have gotten by with him at right tackle, but they brought back Trent Brown. Um, you know, we have Durant. I don't think he's a guy that they want to give. They don't want to cross train Durant. He's got enough. I think that I could see him being the main backup at right tackle, sort of trying to develop him because you never know what you're going to get out of Trent Brown. Train Justin Huron as the backup at left tackle because you, you you go you, with those two tackles, you better have options and guys ready and trained up because you don't know when they're going to be on the field. So I think they're a little bit. I mean, they 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 got the guy from the CFL. Um. I don't know if you, I don't know, you're a nerd, you, you know, you're a talent nerd. You probably, no, you didn't watch any film on the CFL guy? Come on. <laughs> going to have to cut so many hours Yeah, <laughs> I know. Uh, but it, Drew Desjardins or Desjardins or something. And then uh, some guy named Arlington Hambright. And then, of course, they have the William Sherman kid who they drafted last year who, was god awful in training camp. They cut him. They brought him back on the practice squad. Uh, you know, you never know. Yes, he was god awful as a rookie, but you never know. You know, guys improve, and uh, sometimes they need a reset. So we'll take a look at young William Sherman uh, in OTAs and stuff like that, and see if you know maybe he's popped in a year. That happens with these guys. You don't write off these young kids too quickly. Um, you know, if if the Patriots were looking to plug left guard later on in the draft, whether it's, you know, third, the fifth round or what have you, um, who are guys that you look, who's a couple of guys that you look at and you say, I see Patriots guy. Yeah, totally. So if they go a couple of guys that uh, late second, uh, third, that they would look at, that I won't dive as deep on, but Sean Ryan from UCLA, he played left tackle, uh, but he's a, he's a guard at the next level. When I watched him play and I was, I, I kept thinking Matt Light came to mind. Um, Ed Ingram, who's a guard, played a lot, a lot, a lot in the SEC uh, at LSU and uh, Jemery Salier. Uh, he was left tackle, a very similar build uh, to, uh, to Isaiah Wynn uh, and he'll be a guard at the next, next level. Those are guys that are, that are going to be, I think uh, uh, guys that they'll do a, a deeper dive on. If we're talking day three guys, I, two guys, I would call it Marquise Hayes uh, from Oklahoma. I think he's a guy that lands somewhere on between four and six. Um, but he's, he's a big kid, six, five, three, 18, good combination of size and athleticism. Um, and he's a true guard when he gets his hands on you. Um, you know, you, 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 he's blocking you. It's as simple as that. Needs some technique and body control issues. I think that need to get, get cleaned up. Who's um, who's, um, let me ask you a question real quick. Um, you know, if they move 
Owenu to right guard or one of the guard spots, which we think they're going to do. I mean, Owenu's good. You know, he's got good feet for a big kid. Um, but to me, they really lack um, a puller type, a really good puller, a really athletic guy who can get downhill and sort of blow people up. Is there a guy that sort of stands out to you in that regard? Yeah, there's there's this kid, Luke Godecki. Uh, I don't know if I'm getting his last name right, but also from Central Michigan, played tackle um opposite uh Raymond you know he's a former tight end uh at the at the uh, D3 level and then he moved up to to Central Michigan but because of his arm that the thoughts he's going to be a guard uh, and he'll put on some more bulk but he's a guy that's athletic uh another move guy that if you're thinking about uh, hey we want a guy that that is good in the screen game good on the run uh yep. Dylan Parham from from uh Memphis is another guy who was a tight end defensive off defensive end moved to uh to a line and as athletic those guys inherently uh, the kid from central Michigan is isn't short but typically those guys tend to be a little bit shorter which the Patriots have been comfortable uh before right mm-hmm. Jack Mason is six one so uh you know definitely part of their evaluation is somebody that can block on the move Okay, we will uh, we will get to what everybody wants to hear about the wide receivers in just a second. But let me tell you about our partners over at Bet Online. Our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, including updated odds on the playoffs, fights, and even next season's futures. And as we talked about last podcast, they even have prop bets and other things on the NFL draft. So all of you guys who are listening to this and nerding out to the draft and, and, you know, Kevin Fields analysis, uh, you know, get over there and, and place your bets. Don't forget that baseball is back. Red Sox are playing right now. Kike Hernandez just went deep uh, as the Red Sox are tied at one with the Tigers. And the start of the Major League Baseball season is finally here. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sports wagering needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino and poker games. It's super easy to get started, so head to the website today or use your mobile device to join and use our promo code CLNS50. That's CLNS50 to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. Uh, so, Kevin, I've started to do tip my toe into the draft waters, and I've, you know, started with receiver because I do think the Patriots have some interest in getting somebody. And we talked about they're they don't have any receiver signed by twenty twenty three, and you know you would love to have a guy that you can bring in with Mac Jones and sort of pair him with him. Um, you know, I, I wanted to ask you because I was listening to Chris Sims's podcast the other day and he had his top five. He's often unorthodox, but I think he's pretty good at, at what he does and he knows what he's looking at in terms of talent. I found it very interesting and I wanted to get your reaction that he all right, Chris Olave is sort of like a, um, you know, borderline top five type of guy in terms of at the receiver position. But he had he didn't have Garrett Wilson on his top five. Um, I think Jameis Williams was uh, Jameis Williams. Jamison Williams from Alabama was by far his number one. Of course, he's coming off the ACL. But uh, just, you know, I know you're or at least you've in your mock dress, you've had Garrett Wilson going high. Just sort of your I wanted to get your quickie thoughts on that. And he's not the he likes Drake London was in his top five. Um, I don't think he's the biggest fan of of Drake London, but he had a couple other guys that um that 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 surprised me like you you know 
Watson from North Dakota. He's also high on Burks. I saw Burks at the combine. I was in his workout. I was not impressed by Traylon Burks. He did not stand out to me. So, yeah. So, so I'm going to disagree with Chris a little bit, right? Uh, so I think that uh, Garrett Wilson for me, he's a three level threat. So he's he's quick on short routes. He's a, he needs some route running. Uh, refinement, but I, I think he can be a good route runner, uh, which is going to help as an intermediate. And he, he's got plenty of speed. So in good body control, elite ability to separate. So when he catches the football, like we talk about Jamison Williams, who is an absolute, not only does James Williams have great speed, but he has great burst, which creates like that lethal combination, mm-hmm. right? Um, Garrett Wilson has a great burst as well. And, and, and keep in mind, Garrett Wilson started over Jamison Williams in at, at Ohio State previously. So, you know, Wait, I, hang on. Let's also point out just for the sake of balance here that um, uh, who was the the kid who just died? Um, the quarterback from Ohio uh, State. Dwayne Haskins. Dwayne Haskins started over Joe Burrows and he had to transfer to LSU. So let's just point that out that maybe. Urban Meyer and his cats don't exactly do the the best evaluations. Fair, fair. I, I think that the the comparison I use to uh, to Garrett Wilson is Santonio Holmes, uh, and the comparison I use for Jamison Williams is uh, slightly bigger Deshaun Jackson, right? And so both those guys could could certainly help uh, the Patriots. I have nothing against uh, certainly against uh, Jamison Williams. I think his his talent's obvious. I, I also like Jahan Dotson uh, from, from Penn State. I, I would put him in the top five, um, especially for what the Patriots try to do. Uh, Drake London, I like. I mean, he's a possession guy. Allen Robinson, I think, at his, at his ceiling. Uh, maybe a Brandon LaFell at his floor. So you got to figure out how he runs. I think he has his, his, uh, his pro day coming up. I'm a little lower on, on Traylon Burks than, than maybe most people. I, I wouldn't I agree with that. As a first rounder, um, you know, I think the 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 uh, ideally people say, well, he's Debo Samuel. Well, I, you know, I he might be Lavisca, uh, yeah, Lavisca from from the Jags, and he, he might not even be that good. I think at that at that next level, I think you know how he translates to the next level. I think is difficult. I, Arkansas spent a lot of time getting him the football uh, in positions where he could use his athleticism. He's a big kid. He's a very likable kid. I think he's going to interview well and all of that, but he's not like the the burner um, that that people are going to uh, to think. He's got some good acceleration and he's a good player, but I don't think he's a first rounder. I I, w- I wouldn't be thrilled at the Pats went with him in the first round. And I'm I'm not as high on Olave as some other people. I think Olave is a good wide receiver number two, and if they pick Olave, you just got to be comfortable with him being a wide receiver number two, which is all right if you if that's how you evaluate it. Uh, I think if they're going wide receiver round one, you're hopefully drafting a wide receiver one. Right. And I think that, yeah. that that's just how I, I, I evaluate it. Um, yeah. Don't do another Nikhil Harry thing. It's like, all right, you know, he's, he's a tweener, like, you know, at his best, he's probably a number one, but you know, I think, you know, that's sort of the debate that you're having in terms of a wide receiver in round one. Like, you know, did it, did Nikhil Harry have enough upside to go in round one? I think the answer is decidedly no. Yep. Yep. And, and, you know, look what the Bengals did last year with, with, with Chase is a, 
you know, he's a, an all pro talent, right. But then you see, you know, um, Tyreek Hill, you know, obviously he had issues, but uh, he wasn't, wasn't going to be a top of the draft guy. Right. And and then you look on the other side, you know, you got Cooper cup and Robert Woods, those guys, you know, Robert obviously was out for the super bowl uh, and the Rams didn't draft Beckham, but those, you know, Cooper cup was a third rounder. Debo Samuel was a second rounder, you know, even Devonte Adams, those guys are second rounders. So those guys can be had later in the draft. And if you're picking a guy, wide receiver one in the draft uh, or draft one, uh, the first round, you got to, I think you got to look at them as a, as a wide, wide receiver one. Uh, let's talk for a guy who, um, you know, I, I heard Sims talk about him. I, I've texted some people around the league um, and there seems to be some excitement about him. You saw him in person at the senior bowl, Christian Watson from North Dakota, you know, big kid, you know, I hear he's great on 50-50 balls, can also get explosion after the catch as well. What did you, you know, I, I'm a big believer in sort of the eye test and, you know, and do they pop? And, you know, what'd you, what do you think of Watson? What did you see out of him at the Senior Bowl? Yeah, I wrote this after the Senior Bowl. Uh, he, he, he passes the eye test. And that's the big, big thing for him going down to Mobile is how does he match up against other players that are going to play in the league? And, and he, and for my money, he was the best, best player in Mobile, best wide receiver in Mobile. Um, I put him in the mock draft, uh, the second mock draft we had at the end of round one. So, you know, so, so I think there are some commentators that said, you know, you're crazy. Watson's never going to go that high. I think he could, you know, he's six, four, almost two ten, and he runs under a four, four. Like that's, that's kind of rare attributes. Um, and he looked good running other routes than just the deep ball, right? That's, that's the thing with sometimes you, you get people with those traits, but they can just run, you know, uh, certain deep routes. And, and he, he, he did good job. I thought, you know, with his routes, uh, and being consistent all week. Uh, when we get into, um, other guys, um, you know, beyond round one, um, you know, one guy who's popular right now, cause the Patriots just had him in as a top 30 visit, um, who you, you know, at BSJ, you called him almost too obvious a pick um, for the Patriots. And I kind of agree with you. John Mechie from Alabama. First of all, when did he get the ACL? Like, when did he sustain the injury? Um, you know, any idea on sort of the t- timetable on him? And, you know, I do. I agree with you. I think if the Patriots take a receiver, um, it's going to be Mechie um, somewhat earlier. Where do you think they're going to need to get him? Um, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah. So I think Mechie will be available at 54. You know, I think, I think there's actually a chance that Mechie falls into the 75 range um, and is available there. You're getting a little, a little risky when you get around uh, that range, but he'll, he'll be there 50 to, to 75. And so they have the 54th pick in the, the second round. So, so Mechie, I think will be available for them. One of the things I loved about uh, Kevin real quick. I mean, that's, like knowing the Patriots and if they are targeting saying like a Mechie like guy, that's another reason why you trade down. Like you trade down from 21, you know, which is probably borderline where people have first round evaluations on guys. You trade down, you pick up another pick and then, then you're like, all right, cause I'm a big proponent of, and I think Jimmy Johnson told this to, I don't know if it was Nick Saban or Bill Belichick or maybe both of them, but Jimmy Johnson used to say, Hey, this is what you should do. You should, first of all, accumulate a bunch of picks and then 
write down on the piece of paper the players you have to have in this draft and then sort of use your picks and manipulate the draft that way. And if I'm the Patriots and I'm saying, like, I want a Mechie and, you know, maybe maybe we can get a tackle at the end of the first and then with the other picks, you know, trading up for a Mechie, keeping it open and making sure you get that guy because he does have a relationship with uh, Mac Jones. Jamison Williams does not, even though – let me just add, because I don't really think we're going to talk about him, because I don't think they have a shot in hell at Jamison Williams. Even him coming off the ACL in the national championship game, he probably won't play much at all this year, maybe towards the end of the year. But to me, he's at the most, he's going 15th or you know somewhere in that range. He's not getting by 15. He might be a top 10 pick. I would not be surprised if somebody takes him in the top 10. He's that good. Um you know, but I think that Mechie is a guy that if you wanted to link up Mac Jones with a guy for the next five years, five, ten years, it would be Mechie. And I think that that's being able to manipulate the draft that way. That's Bill Belichick sort of getting back to who he's been and when they've been at their best. I, I 100% agree with that. One of the, the knocks on the uh, mock draft that I had that I, I would actually agree with is I didn't have a wide receiver. Right. And and that's just how the, the board played out when I was making uh, those picks. They won't let that happen to them. That's where they'll, they'll leverage the picks to go up. And if they see yeah. somebody that they like, uh, they'll, they'll go get them or, or, or move back to tr- get capital and then use that capital. Uh, one of the things I liked about uh, Mechie is talking to Roger McCrary at the Senior Bowl, uh, who's the cornerback from Auburn, who, who I also like. And and I asked him, who, who's the best player that you face this year? And he said, John Mechie. You know, he was he was a competitor. He's a dog out there. Um, you know, we just went at each other's throat. And he's I, I said, a lot of respect. And of course, that that's playing at a high level of competition. Uh, and he played against Jamison Williams. Right. That he was on the other side of the field. So I, I like Mechie. He's he's a good, solid player. Uh, he could be challenged with some you know physical corners, given his size. But he's very competitive. Great work ethic. Um, I think he's a he's a good pick. The other. The other kind of slot guys that I like, you start, I start to get in, uh, you know, Wendell Robinson from Kentucky. He's got a little bit of Percy Harvin to him, I think. Uh, and they'd have to, you know, use him as a weapon, not the biggest cat, but, um, you know, he broke over 20 tackles last year, un- over 100 catches. He's a really good player. Uh, Kyle Phillips is kind of another obvious pick. Uh, I was hoping he was flying under the radar a little bit more than I think he probably will end up um, getting picked. He, he, he was really dominating. Kelly connection. Yeah, and he's got the he, he dominated at the Shrine Bowl. I don't even think he played in the game, but the the word out of the practices was he was just dominating. Good footwork, good after the catch. First team All Pac twelve can return punts. He fits a lot of boxes that they like to check at that at that slot position. Not the fastest guy, right? But they don't need the fastest guy at that slot slot role. They need a guy that can get open. Uh, and I think I think he allows them to uh, to do that. And then there's you know some other guys like. Khalil Shaker, uh, um, Ontario Drummond, um, you know, players like that, that will be, that I also like, uh, uh, Khalil should hopefully be available in round four. He's a guy that I'm sure that they're doing a deep dive on. Yeah, it's amazing. And, uh, you know, uh, I'm hoping that it comes to an end here, Kevin, but like, you know, I've been saying for two years, like the, you know, the drafts is deep with receivers and the Patriots don't come out with anybody, but like, you know, you just look at these guys, whether it's, you know, Mechie or Sky Moore or Wandale Robinson or Shaker or Kyle Phillips. And then, you know, you even have a guy like, you know, Bo Melton from Rutgers. Um, 
you know, George Pickens from Georgia, you know, sort of an iffy guy, but, you know, we know how Bill feels about Georgia guys. And if he gets the word from Kirby Smart, I mean, there are guys just all over this draft. I mean, undrafted guys, um, you know, not Slade Bolden. I am not, I, he ends up here as an undrafted free agent, but I, I, I was in his workout at the combine. I did not think anything of him. He, he did not uh, hold his own, but it's just, this draft is just littered with Patriots type of receivers, guys who you think have a chance to really pop here and could really boost the athletic, you know, quotient on this offense, you know, down the road, especially with, like we said, no receiver signed past 2023. This would be a perfect year for them to double dip at receiver sort of in the middle, you know, middle rounds where you can get two different types of receivers and sort of, and develop them and develop them with Mac Jones. Like, I don't, like I, I almost want to start like weeping. Cause it's just like, dude, Bill, just take two of these guys and give them to Mac and let's see how they grow. Like the Brady days are over where Brady, you know, would give the guy the stink eye and you never hear from him again. Like Mac, Mac is a different dude. He's going to work with these guys tirelessly to bring them along. Even if they're struggling, like, they have to get one or two guys out of this draft, don't they, Kevin? I, I, I think so. I, I think they'll get a, probably one in the draft, and then you're going to see them target some guys uh, undrafted. Uh, you referenced Sky Moore. The, the, the comp for him, in my mind, is Golden Tate. Um, really good Great athlete. Comp. Um, yeah, he's, 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 he, I think he broke more tackles last year than any wide receiver and the kid's like five, nine. So he plays really strong, just like, uh, uh, just like golden did. Um, and, and the deeper wide receiver, uh, or deep threat wide receiver that could develop uh, that I like on, on day three, you, you referenced Bo Melton from Rutgers. I, I, I do like Bo. Um, I also like Danny Gray from SMU. Um, and, and he's a guy, I think that people should keep an eye on my binky, uh, you know, there's, there's three or four guys that I really like for them, uh, you know, as a priority free agent, as you know, I referenced him before the Rose bowl, Britton Covey, uh, Mm -hmm. is he just, he's, he's like a Patriots wide receiver that they absolutely will. Hopefully he agrees to to, the sign, but he had over 2000 career return yards was five time all pac 12 you know, his problem is he's five, eight, one seventy. you know, he's, he's, he's smaller than me. Right. And, and, uh, you know, me walking out on an NFL field, hopefully I survive a hit. Right. And, and, and so, you know, I think that, uh, Britain is, uh, he had a he lot returns of kicks too. Right? He'd, he'd be like a perfect gunner replacement. I think that's exactly right. That's the, that's, that's what I was just going to go with. He, he replaces gunner if they don't, replace anybody else with the draft that has that return experience. I, when I watched him, I just kept thinking that's Braxton Berrios. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Um, Okay. Let's finish up here. I I don't really think we need to get into the tight ends and you just wrote them up the other day. Uh, You have the, the local kid, Isaiah likely from coastal Carolina. Um, You know, let's go with your, uh, your, your running backs with pass catching, upside guys that they might see as a a replacement for James White. Yeah. So there's five guys that I like, I'll I'll, I'll kind of leave it there. The first guy uh, I think that goes off the board is, is James cook from Georgia. He split time with Zeus white, who I also like from, from Georgia, who was their early down back. James was their third down back names familiar. It's because his brother's Dalvin. Uh, plays for the Vikings. He uh, runs. With, he runs with the same style. He's not as big or as cut up as uh, 
and plays with the same strength that his brother does Dalvin, but this kid is a weapon out of the backfield. He could almost be like a wide receiver with his hands. And, um, and so, you know, you get him the ball in space and, and definitely a difference maker. I think this offense can use that. I think when this offense has been at its uh, peak, they've had, you know, elite uh, third down backs to get your first downs and can get extra yards. And so each of these next guys, I think, give you that, that element. The second the guy, way, Kevin, don't, don't, let's not make the same mistake from Georgia again and take uh, the Sony Michelle to, to, to Chubb. Can we not do that? <laughs> you, you start saying Georgia running backs and splitting time type of thing. And I'm having flashbacks. I just had to say that. <laughs> That's totally fair. Uh, and, and, and agreed. I think we all, all have that same tinge of sadness. Um, the second guy I like is Kyron Williams from Notre Dame. Um, you know, he ran a slow 40, but I, I don't actually get, you know, James White probably doesn't impress in the 40 right? Kevin Falk wouldn't impress in the 40. Um, he's not very big. He's only 5'9", 195, but man, is he a tough player. He broke, broke almost 60 tackles last year. One of the things that I really like, like about him isn't just that he catches the ball, he pass blocks. Patriots are going to love that. He's, he's a tough kid. He's a captain. Um, he reminded me of Kevin Falk when I was watching uh, Notre Dame this year. Um, I think he's a probably a third, more likely a fourth round guy. Tyler Batty from uh, Missouri, another one who's, you know, small in the smaller size, right? 5'8", about 200 pounds. He was all SEC as a freshman. And then this year, uh, he was uh, first team all SEC, led the SEC in rushing. I think he was third in the country with 1,600 yards. And he's not a big kid, but he's quick inside. He, he Even though he's... Uh, you know, has that size that isn't, you know, typical NFL size. He does a good job falling forward. I think his question mark is, um, is, is blocking pass blocking, which is very important to the Patriots in their evaluation with third down backs is, you know, uh, is this person going to protect Mac? Uh, we don't want to stick him out there. And, and, uh, no, and that's why Bolden was out there blocking on third down, right. Is you can trust, uh, Bolden, uh, out there. And now that Bolden's gone there, I think they really have a need here. Last guy I'll call out is, uh, Jerry on Ely from Ole Miss. Um, I think he's all purpose style player. When I was watching him, he had a little bit of Darius Tony. I felt to him, you know, Ole Miss found ways to, to kind of like get Tony. Him and, um, you know, he doesn't, he, he didn't run the, run the fastest time, but when you watch him in the game, you know, he's, he's moving by people. I see him definitely as a third down back, but, uh, worth noting, he was also drafted in the, by uh, major league baseball. I think he was like a, um, picked by the D backs, if I'm not mistaken. So he's, a, he's a good, he's a good player. I think he goes later in the, uh, in the third round, uh, unless some team kind of loves him, uh, and that could happen. And the last kid won't go as deep, but, uh, Ty, Ty Chandler from, uh, from Tennessee, or excuse me, from UNC started his career at that Tennessee. Uh, let's finish up here with, um, quarterback. Okay. Kevin, you ready for this exercise? Okay. You ready for this? All right. I want a smart kid, quick, quick decision maker. I want, um, a quick release, decent enough arm. And I think I'm good with that. Who you got as a potential Patriots quarterback prospect. Uh, so if we're going on your metrics, I would say, uh, Bailey Zapp from Western Kentucky, um, good accuracy, uh, quick release, better arm than I expected at the senior bowl. He's six feet two fifteen, So I'm not drafting. Oof. <laughs> so, you know, I, I, I want to 
you know, so I, I think the guy that the Patriots, you know, look for anybody and, and he might be there as a priority free agent. Uh, and this might just be the, the local guy that sticks with other local guys type thing, but that is uh, EJ Perry. He's a kid from Andover. Yep. Um, he was, you know, globe high school uh, player of the year and set some records in Massachusetts. He went to BC and then uh, wasn't playing. So he transferred to Brown. I think it's his uh, uncle's head coach over at Brown. Um, but the thing that hurt EJ is he played well in 2019 and then uh, the Ivy league didn't play in 2020. Right. And so, um, you know, he came back this year, had a good year, all Ivy. He was MVP of the shrine bowl. He's a natural leader. Uh, that's the word on him. You know, he plays with good awareness, uh, but with anything that you'd find in day three, arm strength, not great. Accuracy, not great. Mechanics need work, et cetera. He had, Greg, this is going to make you say, ah, but he had 27 INTs over the last uh, two years that he played. So that's, 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 that, you know, in the Ivy so, league and the Ivy league. Right. But I, I think that um, I ideally, you know, you'd, you'd get him in the, in the camp and, and bet on his competitiveness and bet on uh, some of his traits. He also ran a four, six, five. And he, so th- th- there could be an element like, uh, like Hasselbeck back in the day when he was running special teams for BC before he, you know, became uh, uh, the quarterback for them. Uh, where he could try to do other things to make an NFL roster. I wouldn't necessarily, you know, put him like the kid from uh, from the Saints, but you know, he's he's faster than you would expect. I wonder if um, I wonder if if this Perry look is a pretty common name, but like there's a guy who, and I'm not sure where he's now, but uh, John Perry who was a long time Bill O'Brien confidant has been with him um, all over the place. He's another Andover native. I would assume this is the same family. I think he also had a Brown connection. Um, you know, I did see him. He's on another coaching staff right now. I forget which one it is. I think he might be coaching college ball, but uh, the, you know, those, the Perry's are very steeped in new England football. They've been, um, you know, all over the place. And yeah, I mean, <laughs> that interception thing really kind of spooked me, but you know, he, he you know, he does have, um, he might be at Sam Houston state. Uh, I, yes, I, I like, that's the, yeah. I like the traits, you know, I think of quarterbacks, it's, you know, the, 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 the hardest traits uh, to sometimes measure are the ones that are most important. And, and the word on Perry is he's got some of those, right. And so um, if you're looking for a priority free agent to, bring someone to, to, to challenge Stidham. Uh, you know, I, re, I really like that. One last guy I want to add, we are moving off a running back that I should have brought up that I, I have a big crush on um, to use your wording is Abram Smith from Baylor. Uh, mm-hmm. Kid played linebacker, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Last year before he became a running back this year. So he's, you know, I, I looked at him as like the potential Brandon Bolden replacement. He's not a necessarily a third down back, but he's 5'11, 213, tough kid. The, that whole program said, this is the kid you want if you're in a battle. Um, you know, I thought he had better hands at the senior bowl I expected, but but he had 1,600 yards rushing this year for Baylor's, you know, averaged over six yards a carry. Um, and 12 TDs. He was one of the best players on that team. And they, they ended up going to the sugar bowl. So um, he's a guy that just, he's, he's a traits guy. When I was watching them, I was like, Oh, Patriots, I got to love this player. Yeah. Hey, well, let's get on to um, the BSJ member question of the day. If you have one, you know, get on over there, 39 99 for the year. 
it's nothing. It's not even a cup of coffee a day. Plus, you got the Celtics are going into the playoffs. You have the Bruins going into the playoffs. You got the NFL draft. Um, you know, Kevin's doing his thing. My coach's film. You got the Red Sox going with Sean McAdam, who you have to read on the Patriots. So get your asses over there and subscribe already uh, and uh, join us. And plus, you know, you have the member Q&As and stuff like that. And by the way, we got to get Kevin up on another Q&A. Um, anything <clears throat> either that you heard from the readers, uh, the listeners um, in the past couple of days since the podcast, anything you want to clean up or address or what have you? Yeah, well, we had one in uh, another q and I think, given that we were talking about the receivers. One, one uh, Dr. Doug had asked, you know, Kevin, why have the Patriots been so bad at drafting wide receivers? Is scouting level, management, Bill, when you see the number of wide receivers drafted at the Harry who made a positive impact, it makes me want to be sick. And so uh, I, I would answer that, Doug, and, and to the other, you know, uh, listeners is, I totally appreciate it as a fan. It is incredibly frustrating. There's so many good wideouts. Like, how can we not get one of them, right? Um, so, so I definitely appreciate it. I was talking to um, Gerard Mayo one time, and he, and he said, you know, he was sharing some perspective that I thought I personally, as a fan, thought it was really valuable, which was, you know, the Patriots offense is so much more complex for wide receivers than most of the other offenses in the NFL. It's it's coverage and read dependent, not, not to mention timing. So, so many of these guys have had the physical skills, but it's difficult to get a line previously with Tom or now with Mac reading the, the, the coverage as it's evolving at the same time. And so there's lots of trust there, obviously football intelligence there um, not to mention the, 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 the quickness and being able to, to break off routes and things like that. So it's even been hard for vets that have come in uh, and, and haven't been able to, to adjust, even though they have plenty of the athleticism and the experience. So it's a difficult evaluation given their offense. And I think that gave me more appreciation uh, for, 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 for why they haven't necessarily hit on some of these guys. Hopefully they get one in this draft and they are able to hit. Um, but, but something that I think stuck with me after that conversation. Yeah. I mean, I, I agree. I mean, and you could see it, I could see it on the practice field, even on the, the film with some of these young guys, like there's so much, everything is dependent on, what the defense is showing before the snap, it can change after the snap. You have to be on the same page with the quarterback. And so, like, you could see guys who are, you know, not used to it or a little bit challenged, like basically thinking themselves through every play. And when, you know, when you're thinking as a player, you know, your feet really aren't moving and you're playing slower and you're just – it's it can be tough. It, it, it could definitely be tough. And I think you look at the the, the receivers that have worked for them – um, especially the, you know, the drafted guys like Dion Branch and David Givens. Um, I remember doing a study about this topic, you know, a long time ago, I think back in my globe days, um, we were even talking about it back then, but those guys had very high wonderlick scores. Um, and I don't think, you know, in some of the guys who didn't work out here, who you thought were going to work out here, not the highest wonderlick scores. And to me, there's a very big correlation. Like, you know, if I'm the Patriots, I'm looking at, first of all, I'm going to have a cutoff in terms of Wonderlick. And then, all right, get the best athlete in that group. Get the best athletes in that group and see what pops. You know, To me, that has worked well for them. Uh, Kevin, I appreciate this. Uh, safe travels. Um, we will see you next week. He's Kevin Field, BSJ Draft Analyst. I'm Greg Bedard. This has been the Greg Bedard Patriots Podcast, brought to you by betonline.ag the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Go on over there. We will see you guys next week. Have a good one.